0: welcome to coffee and an interview I'm Jacqueline Pena and I'm here today with Sherry Timko who is a couples relationship coach and she has no idea how much I need her in my life right now and uh, she heads up synergy coaching welcome Sherry to the show thank you so much for having me I feel that this might be a great therapy session for me, but I'm going to put myself to the side for now and ask you to tell us a little bit about the work you do in this
1: area of couples relationship coaching. Yeah, I'm a couples relationship coach. I work with couples. I also work with individuals to improve their relationship. Um, I really believe that just about every couple can have a really good relationship Um, especially if they're both committed to that relationship. That seems to be the one piece that even if they're, you know, a mess, if they both want it to work, then what they really need is a good guide to help them get there. Um, So I work both with couples and with individuals who are trying to improve their relationship. Um, And my, my goal is to help couples live well together. I want them to figure it out, how they're actually going to join, like have this co-created life where they both feel good about it.
0: I like that term, co-created life. It's not a term I've heard or used before, but it's a term that makes sense in my brain in in how I might want to define a relationship. Uh, Well, not define it completely, but, you know, one of the terms that would make part of what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, I think that we get a little bit tangled up when we think about marriage, when we think about long-term relationships. Um, Your relationship is supposed to be the intersection of two personalities. Like it's supposed to be something that is unique and is created by each person bringing their own personality to it. I think sometimes we get off off track, kind of trying to shift how one person is or trying to be on the same page about everything without taking into account that you're two different people. You have two different personalities, different experiences, and that's supposed to make your worldview bigger and better, not limited.
0: I like that perspective. And I think a lot of times they get stuck on whether it should be a yin and yang where one person is a little bit different than the other to balance each other out, whether we should be looking at people who have the same interests. And and we we start forgetting about this idea that we're two different personalities. And what we want to do is have a relationship that's an intersection of two personalities. I think that's a beautiful words for me when it comes to relationships are important because I'm not good at reading emotions or signs. And so that's a great way of putting it and putting it into perspective for someone like me or at least for me.
1: (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad that makes some sense. Um, I do think that this is that when a couple comes together, the way that they, I hate to use the word should, it's not should, it's um, in the unique way where they both show up, that it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's supposed to be the best of both of you, but also working through the parts that are not the best of you
0: hmm and and it's interesting because I think a lot of times and I I see this in myself a lot we compromise uh, certain behaviors or certain things we do a little bit differently to try to fit into a relationship with this other person and the way you're presenting and now gives us kind of that insight that maybe we're doing that. Maybe we don't realize we're doing that. And I know that's the case with me. Sometimes maybe there's a little shift in something I do because I'm trying to fit in or compromise without even having a conversation about it into someone's life when it should be this intersection of two personalities.
1: Yeah, um, we don't talk enough about this stuff. So couples figure it out by trial and error. Mm -hmm. I heard the term trial by fire. This week. And I'm like, this is a terrible way to figure out your relationship. Like we should be more intentional and create something that is good for, for both of us. Um, but of course, people want to avoid conflict. And so they let things go and just let it happen or make compromises, thinking that the other person sees it and values it and understands the sacrifice. And, and, and sometimes that just gets, it gets us into a mess. Yes,
0: it has gotten me into a mess. (laughs) And communication becomes important. And so I think this brings us to our topic today to help empower our listeners and to help me, you know, empower myself in this realm as well. But what it takes to have a good relationship, you and I were talking about uh, potentially three key elements. That are necessary to have a good relationship. Can you share those with us and kind of dive deep into these
1: three pieces? Absolutely. So I'll give you an overview, and then we can go through each one of them. Um, there are three systems that have to run well, have to function well in order to have a really good relationship. And if these three function well, then the the love that you feel for one another the attraction, all those feelings can exist pretty organically. Like you you fell in love with this person, you like them. So if you have these three systems that work well, then all of that can flow. So the first are good relationship habits. Those are the things that you do pretty much every day that become touch points uh, or moments of connection that keep the relationship stable. The second system is to have a way to work through problems. And the third is to have a way to clean up messes. Every couple is going to make messes. And so having some repair tools that you know work well for your relationship makes a huge difference in terms of cleaning up stuff as it happens.
0: Wow. So um, definitely interesting points. Some I've never even talked about, like having a way to clean up messes and I'm dying to see uh, how we dive into each of these um, three systems
1: as you call them. All right, so relationship habits. These are tiny little things that are the habits in your relationship. And everybody has good habits and they have bad habits. And sometimes we just get into this this thinking that we will be nice to our partner, or we will do those kind things to them when we feel it, when we have that outpouring of, oh, I like this person. Now, that's good. I want you to do those things when you feel it, but your relationship actually needs you to do those things as habits, and these these are very small things. They're things like saying good morning, Having a hug or a kiss before you leave for the day. Maybe sending a regular text to check in. Having a way to say hello again at the end of the day. Eating a meal together, sitting and talking, uh, saying goodnight. Now, these sound like such tiny little things. And on some level, they sound like no-brainers. But I know that a lot of couples just skip this stuff. And I think it just doesn't matter that much. So I'm here to say that's actually really important in your relationship because those little things stabilize the relationship. And for people who are very busy, these these moments are so important because you don't have to find time in your calendar to make them happen. You just show up at that time when you're supposed to be there to connect. And if you know that you have your partner's attention during that time, and they know that they're going to have your undivided attention, then the rest of the day, there's less pressure on the rest of the day, because you know, you'll have that time set aside.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. And And a lot of times we don't think about that, those good mornings or that, how are you feeding? I hope you already had lunch. So these these messages, just that kiss uh, goodbye in the morning with a cup of coffee in the hand as you know as you're running out. Um, these these habits that are grounding in a relationship, and if they're habits, then we're not thinking about them, we're not planning them, we're not scheduling them. They're part of what we do each day, and um, and again keep us grounded. So I, I think that's uh, pretty straightforward, but something that is very easy for any of us listening to this episode can do.
1: So the pushback that I always get about this is that they can't be automatic. They can be scheduled. They can be habits, but you still have to bring some energy to it. There still has to be some intention to it. Uh, the, the habit part is that you don't have to find the, the time or the space on the calendar for it. And what I love about this is that the habits that you choose are very particular to your relationship. They are the ones that matter to you and your partner. So that's our first system. Yes. Okay. Our second system is that every couple needs to a way to work through problems. Mm -hmm. They need a way that either one of them can bring up something that's not working well, that they will talk through, look at different solutions and come up with a plan, and they need a way to manage when that that goes awry, and they end up in an argument instead. Now, there's a lot of uh, every couple has rules around their conflict, but if you actually sit down and think about them, a lot of rules don't actually help you get through that problem. Like one of the rules that a lot of couples have is if I feel hurt. All bets are off, and I can say whatever I want. That's a tough one. Yeah. And it doesn't help you work through problems. It causes all these other kinds of problems that then need to be fixed. So, uh, you know, we don't think about this until, you know, someone like me is like, So, what are your rules? (laughs) But those rules really govern how you work through problems.
0: Okay, what if, you know, we're talking about rules that govern how you work through problems. What if you don't argue? And this is one of my problems in certain relationships as well. Uh, There are different reasons why we might not argue, but what if you don't?
1: I have to say arguing is not required. Um, I don't argue with my husband a lot. Um, we do talk through problems. Um, the, so the, the answer there is that you still have to have a way to work through problems. Um, and when you have good conflict rules, you often don't end up in an argument. Um, but couples do this weird dance where they say, I'm not going to bring this up because I'm avoiding conflict. And then they let it build and build and build, and then they explode. And so, when you think about that kind of in your rational, calm self, it's very clear that that really is not going to solve anything. It's probably not even going to shift anything. It's just going to perpetuate this idea that we can't work through problems.
0: Yeah. I almost feel like it, it makes it a lot worse long term because you let it build, and when it's time to explode, your explosion might be like, that's it. I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. And I, I can't love you anymore kind of situation. It could get to that that point because you don't work through the problems or we don't work through the problems or because we don't communicate. Communication is
1: how we work through this. Yeah. If people were really logical, mm-hmm. they would have a five minute discussion every day about something that was bothering them. Oh. Right, because then it's not that big of a deal. So there's almost no emotion behind it. You would like deal with everything when it was tiny and you would almost never end up in an argument. But that's not what couples do. They let it all build and then they kitchen sink it. They're like, I'm mad at you about this and this and this and this and this and and boom. And we're done.
0: Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking about myself right now. So if anyone else listening is, Any of this sounds like you, whether it's this system number two or any other component that you say, yeah, I could do better on habits. I could do better communication. We can find ways to work through problems together. Um, Definitely take the time to think about where we could do better in our relationships. I'm making a mental list of things I could do better that hopefully will um, help me in the next relationship. Now, those are our first two systems. There is a third system that will, uh, you know, that will help us have a good relationship. What's that third system again? um, You said it's something about a way to clean
1: up messes, like a toolkit. Can you tell us more about that third system? Yeah. So we were just talking about all the ways, not all the ways. We're talking about some of the ways that couples hurt each other. They have an argument. They don't have a good process. They end up saying things that are too harsh, that are, uh, they hit below the belt, they exaggerate. Um, Those are some examples of the ways that couples hurt each other. I wish, I wish, I wish there were a way for us to be close to another person without getting hurt. But that is a, a part of loving someone else. And our partner can hurt us in ways that no one else can. So some of those hurts are, are thoughtless. They just don't show up or they don't notice. Some of those hurts are more intentional, being too harsh or exaggerating or, or attacking us or in a, uh, verbally attacking us or criticizing us. Uh, And then, of course, we do have really big hurts, like affairs, financial infidelity, um, uh, consistently not being there. Okay, so those are the kinds of hurts. Every couple needs some ways of cleaning that up. Um, If they don't, those hurts, they just grow and accumulate and you become resentful and bitter and start to see the worst in the other person. So the most straightforward repair that most people already know is an apology. Now, I mean, a good apology. Because a bad apology can often be as bad as the thing that happened that you're apologizing for. Mm.
0: A a good apology, not just, I'm sorry, but, um, and not an apology. Sometimes we're still putting blame somewhere else in the apology, but, but a good kind that really resolves or, or or that helps get to the resolution of the issue or whatever was going on.
1: One of my favorite bad apologies is, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah.
0: (laughs) an apology.
1: (laughs) That's not an apology. No. (laughs) Or I'm, I'm sorry, but here are all the reasons why this is your fault.
0: Yeah. That's not going to resolve anything.
1: No, no. So there are a lot of ways that couples make repairs and there's uh, to some degree, you're looking for the things that make repairs in your relationship. Um, Because it it could be changed behavior, it could be um, listening to the other person, it could be, uh, I don't know, taking accountability for something. Um, I was trying to come up with a list a few months ago, I think I came up with 30 different ways of making repairs. So you're looking for like what actually matters to you to make the repair so that you then can move forward with your partner without carrying all of that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. I think, I think lists. where you and I were talking before the episode, I I like strategy. I like words, I like lists, I like rules, I like, you know, it's, it's a, there's something off in my programming when it comes to signs and emotions. So I need straightforward. And so a toolkit like this, that includes 10, 20 different things that, that I could use when we do need to work on relationship repair is very helpful for for me, for my personality and and uh, and and the way i I see things or understand things.
1: Yeah, I don't think that you're alone there. Um I think that we grow up with the programming that we got and we are trying to fit with someone else who has different programming. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this communication matters so much. You know, it's not, you can't have the assumption that the other person thinks the same way that you do. You actually need to talk about those things and understand how they think about things.
0: And so that's been one of my biggest challenges in in dating post-divorce in my 30s and 40s, is uh that communication thing because i think um a lot of times we act we have actions in a relationship and and i don't have i I don't know how to interpret things right actions and so sometimes i need the words to help me understand but the people i might be dating don't use words and some of them do not want to use words they don't want to whether it's labeling the kind of relationship or talking about parameters or talking about feelings or where are we going or what are we what are true intentions i i'm i'm comfortable in the space where we can talk through it because i don't understand. i don't do one the other spaces and i'm finding that that's not the case with a lot of people i've i've dated or i've been with and so I'm, i'm curious about this idea of communication words Since it ties so well to these three systems, what are your thoughts on that, on communication and words versus leaving it up to interpretation?
1: Well, maybe that should be one of your red flags in (laughs) who you're dating, knowing that you need more words, that you're actually looking for someone who that comes more naturally to them. But I think one of the things that happens is um, people get overwhelmed by these conversations. Mm. So they avoid it because they think it's going to be this serious, in-depth, intense conversation that's going to go on far too long. And then they're just going to feel overwhelmed and shut down by it. Mm. So one of the things that I would suggest is using much shorter conversations that stick to just one piece of that big puzzle and have those conversations more frequently. Now, some of the ones about defining the relationship, um, I think it also would be different to say, um, So, where do you think we are, and how are you defining this? versus, you know, what I really am looking for and what I need is more stability or to know what path we're on. And when you're ready to talk about that, I want to talk just a short bit about it. I don't want to, you know, write a dissertation on it. I just want to talk a little bit about it. Um, and sometimes that will help the other person kind of relax and understand that you're not trying to put them on the spot or have them have a fully formed idea in their head, but that this is just a, let's figure this out sort of conversation. hmm
0: I think that's a good way of putting it. My challenge is sometimes, and I, and for our listeners, I'm using myself as the case study. I'm so sorry, but um, I know my challenge is that um, sometimes I I usually do put it on. So, what what do you see us? Where do you see us going? And not even going. I mean, what you know, what's going on? How, what do you think? What do you want? And um, and so my challenge is I don't get a response.
1: Right. Because you're asking them questions that Mm -hmm. you have some thoughts on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So share your thoughts on where you are.
0: Good advice. Open up the communication by saying, this is what I'm seeing. I don't know if I'm interpreting this correctly. This is how I feel.
1: And then, and
0: so what are your thoughts?
1: (laughs) Yes. but I'll give you a little bit of pushback on that because (laughs) talking about the problem from yourself Mm -hmm. is not about talking about what you see in the other person. It's about talking about what you need. Mm -hmm. So it's more about, this is where I am. This is what I'm looking for. This is, this is where I see things going. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts on what I'm thinking about? Now, often that will open up the conversation and then they'll say, yeah, I agree with that. Or no, I see this differently. But talking about it from yourself takes that pressure off of them where they don't feel like they're on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I right. know I'm splitting hairs here and these words matter so much that I often find myself splitting hairs.
0: Yeah. But you said it, these words matter. And what we're trying to do is open up positive lines of communication that allow a relationship to grow and flourish And then allow us to have these three systems in place for
1: good relationships. So words do matter. Words matter. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. uh, Now, here's one of the catch-22s about relationships. Words matter. They shape our reality. But when we are in a close relationship, one of the most amazing things is to be at ease and relaxed around each other. And Mm -hmm. that means not not weighing every word we say. And this is why having ways of making repairs matters so much. Because if you have the relationship that you really want, then you're relaxed around each other. And sometimes you're going to say things that are thoughtless or maybe aren't sensitive or miss the boat. So then you use those repairs to bring that back into that balance and that alignment with one another.
0: That was a great example to show us how words, communication, and these three systems all work together to create a strong, positive relationship. Yeah So very helpful, very helpful. Um, what uh, we talked about the three systems, we've um, kind of, in a strange way analyzed some of my issues. <laughs> to have a case study for this podcast episode for anyone, uh, you know, who's trying to say, how do you apply this? Well, there you go. You can use me as a case study. Um, What, what are some other thoughts or advice or other key things that really make a relationship stronger that you could share with us?
1: I think that relationships take work, but more than it being hard work or excruciating work. Really, it's being thoughtful and intentional and paying attention to the small things. Um, I think a lot of times we look for the mountaintop moments with our partner. We wait for that big date where everything's kind of, I don't know, every detail's thought out or that vacation where we can really focus on each other. But it's really that day-to-day living with one another That builds and sustains the relationship. So be thoughtful in that. Let the vacations kind of unfold the way they do, but put your thought, your time, and energy into those day to day things. Mm
0: -hmm. Very interesting. And I think that's really where you'll see what, what makes or breaks the relationship or what ingredients you already have for a long-term sustainable relationship because in the day-to-day is where you might see that maybe your philosophies might not match or, um, and, and there might be no, uh, I mean, that were compromised. <laughs> there might be no compromising there. Or um, there might, you know, there might be some difference, major differences in beliefs or in values that we don't see early on when butterflies are flying and, you know, we're in the beginnings of the relationship that pop up in the day-to-day that we can work through with systems, or maybe it's a red flag that this might not be the right relationship for us.
1: Well, I will I will quote one of my mentors, John Gottman on this. Um, he is a brilliant researcher around couples. Um, he says that we choose the set of problems when we're in a relationship. So it isn't that maybe one person is a better fit or a worse fit, that that can be true. But really, when you commit to someone, you commit to the set of problems that will come by the two of you bringing these two personalities together.
0: Interesting. So when you commit to someone, you're committing to a set of problems that you're bringing into the intersection of your personalities in this relationship.
1: Yeah. So there isn't a relationship where you're not going to have a set of problems. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are some problems that you might say, I don't want to live with that one. And that's very reasonable. But when you are looking for someone, um, it's not very helpful to think, I'm finding that person who's going to fit with me who I'm not going to have problems with. It's just going to be a different set of problems.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm writing notes. I know listeners, if you're listening and not viewing, you can't see me writing notes, but I'm writing notes because these are um, actually good tips. And I know we're talking about couples, but I, I see some great tips that we can bring into other kinds of relationships, not just the intimate couple relationships when it comes to communication and, and things of that sort. Um, anything else that you might want to share with us? Any other? Uh, we, we got into this um, this idea of committing to a set of problems, which I think is very interesting because we always think about the roses and the butterflies and the, and the fun feelings. Um, anything else that we should be thinking about when we're thinking about how can we have a better relationship? How can we have a strong, a good relationship with a partner?
1: Um, I, I guess, all right, I'm gonna leave it there. I don't have anything brand new. Um, And I could hit on some more things that are related to what we've already talked about. But I feel like I feel like I've already probably overloaded all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. And um, the way to make change is to pick one small thing Mm -hmm. and make change. So we've just talked about these really big ideas and these big parts of the relationship. But if you really want to change things, you pick one thing. That you're going to try and do differently, notice whether it makes things better or not, and then keep it or uh, keep it and add something else or try a different small thing. And that's really how we grow. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that last bit of advice for our interview is to the way to make change is to pick one small thing. Just one small thing and make that change. And I think that makes this very doable for all of us uh, listening, for me being in the interview with you, making, um, making this idea of creating a, a stronger relationship doable. We just pick that one thing, just focus on one, not a hundred things, one, focus on one. And then when you're ready, focus on something else. Yes, that's a good sum
1: up. Yep. So,
0: so for our listeners, there are several um, resources available for you in the description section of this episode. So depending on the platform you're using to listen to the episode, you'll be able to click on the link and go directly there, or you might have to copy and paste the link into a web browser and um, and hit you know enter and, and go from there. But you definitely have some resources there to use um, along with a summary of this episode and information about Synergy Coaching and Sherry Timko, who uh, provided us us today with a wealth of knowledge, uh, advice, tips that can really help us improve our relationships. I know we're focusing on couples coaching, but I also, you know, in the spirit of empowering each other through our stories, our experiences and our knowledge, I, I think there's some great things here we can bring into other relationships as well. But definitely when it comes to couples coaching and relationships we have a lot of strategies that we can use just pick one start small pick one make that change and then decide okay this is working great what can i do next um sherry Thank you so much for all this advice, for this information, for letting me be uh, kind of like the the client slash uh, patient in this process in talking a little bit about some of my own relationship challenges. Um, I don't feel as challenged as I felt uh, most of my life in this area based on our conversation and and how you help frame a lot of that and really focusing on communication and these systems and strategies. So thank you so much for being here on Coffee and an Interview today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And again, resources are all in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening to the episode. And I hope you get inspired to hear other episodes and continue empowering yourselves as we navigate this um, very challenging world today and um, continue to live our best lives possible.